Hey, what's up, world? It's Black Loud Prowl, and this is Straight Yak, No Chaser, brought to you by the Black Queen Collective. Um, a new podcast drops every Tuesday. Um, every Tuesday, even when I think it's not going to happen, it always happens. Sometimes it's on color people time, but goddammit, I'm colored. Um, this podcast could be about anything my heart desires. Why? Because it's my podcast. It could be about politics, news, entertainment, sex, life, rock and roll, history, space age history, um, and whatever I feel like. Why? Because whatever I say goes. This week is the long-awaited episode, at least for me, I know. Um, I've been trying to relink with my sister, Nikolai, who was on, like, one of the earlier episodes of a few months ago. Um, I believe that episode was called Reading is Fundamental. I think that's what it was. Well, we talked about um, a lot of different things, and I've got a lot of positive feedback. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome my everything (laughs) to the show this week. (laughs) Finally, it's happened. How are you, sis? Yes. How are you? I'm wonderful. Wonderfully well. Mm. You you said wonderfully well. I feel a little bit better after you said that. I think I'm doing all right myself. So... Like, I feel like we made it. <laughs> 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 because we have, <laughs> we have planned this one for a minute. Yeah, I know, right? And then I'm colored. <laughs> 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 this little life of mine. Mm. Anyway, we're here nonetheless. Um, so a while ago, I feel like this was a year ago, but it hasn't even been that long. Um, a few months ago, um, Nikolai and I were talking about one night late, per usual. <laughs> we have that we have that relationship where sometimes it's one a.m. and sometimes it's one p.m. So one night, I like, think it's <laughs> like today it was like one p.m. and I sent that emoji like <laughs> my life is falling apart. <laughs> So, so you know, sisterhood is a twenty-four hour thing, and and so, I, what I feel like was twenty-four weeks ago, we were talking about just the intricacy of relationships with women. Like I know when I was younger, I always had this mentality that, um, oh, I can't have female friends because. One, that's how you know I was a child, because I would say something so crazy as, I don't like females. You mean women? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I, be wanting to, I be wanting to punch people in the mouth when they say female, but that was the mentality. That was the place. That was the mindset that I was in, you know, um, during that period where I, where I, I, I can't have 
friendships with other girls because they this and they that. That's why I always have, you know, guy friends. And it's like, you know, fast forward 20 years later, you kind of like, wait a minute. <laughs> My relationship. I, can't make it. <laughs> I I would. I really wouldn't. Without some women friends. I really wouldn't. Because it's like, you know, I think last night, like, life comes at you quick. And then the next thing you know, you, like, grabbing hold, trying to grab hold of something. Like, which one of my sisters can I call? Somebody going to fix this, help me <laughs> put my life mm-hmm. into perspective. You know what I'm saying? And it's always that sister that's going to be up at 1 a.m. to be like, hey, girl. <laughs> What 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 is going on <laughs> when you in the bathroom <laughs> at old boy house? <laughs> right, like this what you gonna do? <laughs> you you in there on the phone or texting like I need help. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's your sister that's that's gonna help you out of that. I don't I don't I I don't think I've called like one of my guy friends in the middle of the night or. You know, like help me. No, <laughs> it don't right. work. It, it doesn't work. Do it. I mean, if your manager is looking at you funny and calls you in, tells you to come in after lunch, do that. You're not gonna call your homeboy. You are not going to call your homeboy. No matter what the situation, you know what I'm saying. When your mom just gets diagnosed with cancer, anything, you're gonna you're gonna call. You're gonna call your your girls. That's always the case. And it's like throughout the last like year and a half, I've really discovered the power of like women relationships. And I think it happened when, um, you know, as a historian, people invite you somewhere and to do this. Oh, can you come talk about this and that? So I'm always brushing through notes and revisiting stuff. And um, at the time, I think the topic that I was discussing was the Montgomery bus boycott. And I think this was like around the time when the movie Selma came out. Um, And I was just like, yo, doing this research and, you know, digging up Rosa Parks and Edie Nixon and all of this. And this time I would, was really poignant to me um, in my research was a woman named Joanne Robinson. I think the sister was like uh, born in Georgia, went to historically black college and university. Um, You know, she matriculated through the university academy and um, was active in the community. So, you know, I'm looking at the narrative of Joanne Robinson, and I'm like, I see similarities, you know, between me and Joanne. Like, Joanne is from Georgia. I was born in Georgia. Like, Joanne went to HBCU. I went to HBCU. Joanne is an activist. You know, I do a little something. And, um, like, she was a part of this uh, women's group in Montgomery, Alabama called, um, why am I drawing a blank right now? Um, Women's Political Council that was started in like 1952, I believe, um, by another woman. And it was basically of like black women professionals who were like, you know, um, 
staff and faculty at Alabama State University there in Montgomery and, you know, different, you know, jobs and positions throughout the city. Um, and these women organized around, you know, like different causes and stuff like that in Montgomery. And they were really key in the organization of the Montgomery bus boycott. And it's something that Joanne had wanted to do um, while she was in the Women's Political Council in like 1955. But the president of the organization during that time just, you know, she didn't see it like Joanne saw it. So, you know, fast forward to um, Rosa Parks and, you know, the ball rolling uh, around Ms. Parks being put off the bus, the Women's Political Council and Joanne Robinson were instrumental in, like, like printing. And this is, like, by hand, like, all of these handbills, like, I think it was, like, over 50,000 that they did over that weekend. And they were responsible in disseminating this information and, you know, kind of putting everything together and really getting the ball rolling. Um, and oftentimes in history, we know that Black women are you know, kind of pushed to the back um, of the bus in the historical narrative of how things happen. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's Martin Luther King. And then, you know, if you scratch a little further, then it's talking about E.D. Nixon. And then you got to dig, dig real deep to really start talking about Joanne Robinson and the Women's Political Council. And so when I was thinking about the parallels between me and Joanne Robinson, and I was like, yo, the Women's Political Council was like that. Like, there's power in it, like women with, you know, knowledge and who believe in each other and, you know, a common goal or whatever. And so I thought to myself, I should do the same thing. I should have something like a women's political council in my life. And that is kind of how the Black Queen Collective emerged. Um, and then a lot of other different relationships that I have with um my other sisters that I've developed and cultivated closely throughout the year. Um, and then here I am, like my sister Nikolai, and we're talking about sisterhood and, you know, our role as nation builders and, you know, all of this good stuff. And I mean, there's so many levels to sisterhood. It's not just like, oh, wait, I can't get along with other women. Like, it's about supporting, you know what I'm like. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, some of the things we've talked. Well, first of all, it. I was very much like you uh, coming up, and not so much um, because I didn't have. Um, like I wasn't really allowed to have girlfriends. You know, I my mom worked three jobs, and she's like, "Look, you play with your cousins, and that's what you're gonna play with." Like you don't really. We I didn't. I really. I really didn't have friends, and most of my cousins were my age, or you know, men. You know, boys. My cousins are males, and then my brother is like my best friend forever. And so I really was deprived of women relationships. And then I looked at my mom and my mom didn't really have a whole lot of relationships. And I felt like a lot of that was because um, she didn't have any, she didn't have a lot of pain in terms of men, you know, pain, heartache. She didn't have a lot of heartache. And she herself, um, she was like, you know, that's what women talk about. You know, that's when that's how women women come together. Like 
to discuss heartbreak. And she had, you know, that was her perception and that was her perspective. And so, you know, she just worked and went through a lot where I think um, that's kind of like what she fed me. So to me, it's just like, yeah, you talk, you sit around and you talk to women about, you know, everybody just talks to each other about heartache, you know, and men's pain. And then, then you get a man and then you go off and you, bitch your girlfriends and you just take care of him because, you know, the black man has more pain than anybody else and then that's your job to take care of him. So that was like just for the, you know, longest time that was, you know, what I did. You know, it wasn't that I thought women were catty. I never had those kinds of issues, perceptions, but I just felt like if I didn't have heartache, um, you know, there was nothing to talk about. And the older I got and as I, you know, started navigating through life, it was just like you start realizing that friendship, true friendship and true sisterhood is the most, you know, undervalued relationship that we have out here. And that once you come together um, with women of like mind and one purpose is like your power is multiplied exponentially because there is nothing that we can do when we really have each other's back. And and I just want to take a break because not really deviating from the, from the topic at all, but to just like one of my like really good guy friends who probably be on the next episode, um, Ian Biddle, he he makes fun of me all the time, and he's like, "You are always talking to the sisters. You don't never have nothing. What about the brothers? You always doing Black Sister Sunday. What about the brothers?" And I'm like, "But bro, you worry about the brothers. <laughs> like, I like, I can't do for you what another Black man can do for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and Black men need to create those spaces. They, they really do." do. Spaces, and I was I was talking to you know one of my close friends all the time, telling him that he needs to you know he does you know they have so many issues because it's, I believe even though you know he kind of disagrees, but I believe a lot of the issues of them not coming together is because of homophobia because they just you know anytime you try to solicit men to come together. I think they just fear that it might be a situation where it's men that might, could be even slightly homosexual. And so they just don't put it out there and don't create those spaces. But men do need to create those spaces. But for so long, um, anytime we come together, as soon as um, we even get a little bit of power or a little bit of anything, just like you're saying, you, you, now you're creating this space where you're talking to women a black man will say, you know, what about us? We have these knees, blah, blah, blah. And then we turn around and direct our energy to create that space. And I think we're coming to, we're at a, a critical place in in our movement and in, in history where we are redefining what it is to be, to, to have black sisterhood, where it is not about supporting a black man. And that's not, not saying that it's not a support of black men, but it really, it is not about a particular cause. It is not about even civil rights. It's not about not one thing, but that sisterhood in it of itself. 
for the benefit of edifying each other mm-hmm. is important. It really is. And I remember we talked about before how um, the difference between, like, black sisterhood or friendships that you might have with other black women versus when we look at white women and how kind of their privileged position, because you see white women going down the mall and they're like holding hands and not a care in the world. And because they've been allowed to just have friends and explore friendship for all these all these years where we've just been surviving. And so we haven't been able to really explore friendship for the sake of friendship, not coming together because we're trying to survive or coming together because of heartache or because of anything, but just the edification and the support and the uplifting of another woman just because she's your sister. Like, we just haven't created those. We haven't been able to be privy to those spaces. Right. And now I think we're getting into that space where we're really just allowing ourselves to be just that. Does that make this do you agree? Yeah, I I definitely agree. And I'm and I mean, I think the the pertinent thing that you mentioned would be the whole concept of like privilege that comes with whiteness that allows them to, you know what I mean, like just naturally um bond and blend you know together on like whatever because they don't have to worry about the same things like you know like a lot like a lot of our our sisterhood is you know based on survival that's just because we all out here trying to survive period but it's bigger than that now you know what I mean It's, Mm -hmm. it's not just about surviving it's about hey I see the power in having other women like I'm not intimidated by my sister you know what I mean like I'm opening myself I'm being more vulnerable um and I think vulnerability is like a really big thing and then like you mentioned before we talked about you know like what oftentimes prohibits men from like forming these bonds of like brotherhood is like you know these concepts of like what is homosexual and like all of these different um Western ideologies that we carry around, you know what I mean, as they relate to certain things mm-hmm. like, oh, like I can't lay in the bed and, and cuddle with another woman because that's implying something else versus I'm human. And as humans, we need the touch of other people who love and care for us um and not just on a like romantic level like intimacy isn't just exclusive to romantic relationships like you can be intimate you know what i mean with a platonic friend absolutely. with your with your sister but absolutely i mean it's so that we even had i remember me telling you that like i have one white friend right so i have one girlfriend she got one friend. white friend y'all <laughs> girlfriend from college and then in life as an adult I've 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 summoned and managed to have another white friend like a very not I mean that's just that's what I do and it's so funny that I'm more she's just naturally affectionate like I would be on the couch and we could be watching a movie and she would with not just me just with her girlfriend this kind of gave me insight to just how they friend you know so they might, and I'm not speaking for all white people, just the white people I've been around, like, come and sit on somebody's lap. And you're like, what's going on? You know, and just once, 
<clears throat> those two friends have exposed me to just kind of how they relate. I really, really was like amazed because that really does come from privilege. It really comes from privilege because, you know, the older I got, and that's why I think all of um, this movement at us creating circles is important because we, I mean, we really just have to be able to create those spaces that are about sisterhood for the sake of sisterhood. Because if you let the world know it, you know, only white women, you know, like flowers and crystals and just pretty things and bike rides and, you know, just so they're only women that do that. And that's, you know, like, I want to bike, ride a bike and I like flowers and, you know, I like crystals and pretty shit. So, like, we just haven't had a history of being able to have those experiences with each other. And... um and we can, and it's extremely important. And, you know, moving in this new space also of just we are creating more businesses and we are, you know, being entrepreneurs and creating brands and, you know, having a global economy of services. As we move into that and we think about wealth creation, um, we don't have parents, a lot of us, I'm not speaking for all people, but we don't have a lot of parents and families who have knowledge of creating businesses. And so the only way, too, that we're going to be able to be competitive is to be able to tap in the knowledge that we have in each other. Well, that's also not going to come if we don't have intimate relationships because who do who do you go to bat for but your friends or the people that you have intimate relationships with? For like, I'm gonna go back for you. Like, I'm always like, okay, how do we make the show better? What are your goals? What are you trying to do? Because right, every I day. Have, <laughs> <laughs> I have an intimate relationship with. You know what I mean? I'm like posting about this that, and the other. I, you know I mean, one thing that I do, I I don't, I'm not friends with everybody, but one thing that I do with whatever I do feel like I form a bond. I'm I'm intimate. I fuck with you. I love you. Is like I ask my friends, what are your goals? Where are you trying to go? You know, just tell me. Not, I don't want to put it in there. I'm not judging. Whatever it is you tell me, That's I'm going to work for it. Just like I work for my own. So I need, whatever is in my circle, I need to know what they're striving for so that I can strive for the two because that's how I love. Like, my idea of love is lifting you towards your greater self. So we... You know, you can't sit. You can't do that with men. Like we can't. You know, I'm not saying well, men, but who does that for you? But your sister, truly. I mean, you know, like. See, I gotta, I gotta fix my life, and you just told me this earlier today about like confusion and truth is one of the other. Like, you cannot live in confusion. Like, you are so right. And I was just going to formulate the sentence, and I'm like, mm, the confusion here, I must fix it. But, like, you know, like, different men that are in my life, you know, whether they be in a romantic or platonic capacity, like, I talk to them about, you know, my my goals, my endeavors, and the things that I'm doing, but it's not the same conversation that I have with my sisters. It's not the same conversation that I have with my other sisters in the 
the Black Queen Collective. It's not the same conversation that I have with Nikolai on a daily basis. Like, my sisters cussed me out the other day, was like, yo, <laughs> this brunch that you're supposed to be doing? Like, and I was, I bowed my head and I was like, yeah, I'm going to drop the ball. They like, yeah, there's no dropping the ball here. So here's, here's what you're going to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, I can take that to a guy, whether we are you know, a platonic friendship or a, in a romantic, you know, like situation. And they will give me, you know, cues and, oh, I can give you some help or, oh, you know, you need to cater, you know, let me know. Or, yeah, you could do it. But it's but that's nowhere like the conversation that I had with my sisters the other, the other day. They were like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you think you're going to drop the ball? Ain't no dropping the ball. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> I picked it up for you. Here you go. Run with it. You know what I mean? And and that's the same thing that brothers have to do for each other. You know what I mean? Like brothers have to do the same thing. Like hold each other accountable. Like I hold my sisters accountable and then it's their responsibility to hold their brothers accountable. Because it's just like we share two different experiences being men and women. You know what I mean? Like so a brother can't tell me, you know, like how to operate in my womanhood. You know what I mean? Like in the same way, mm-hmm. I can't tell him how to operate in his. Um, and that's why we have to build those relationships, like without um, without barriers, um, because it's really important. Like I like I just can't tell you how much my life has changed. Like, even though I'm a a procrastinator, like it's still going to be done because my sisters are like, um, so you calling me or am I calling you or hello? Like, 9.30, Nine thirty, right? You know what I mean? Like, ain't like <laughs> there's no losing on this team, boo. Get get your ass up. <laughs> I don't. I just don't have that relationship with men. Like, I don't, and I think that's just something. Like, that's just the power of women in general. Because I think you know our relationships with men often, you know, come from a space of okay, boo, get your ass up. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? And even if we don't say it, our presence just instills in them this idea that I need to get my ass up because this woman over here needs X, Y, and Z. (laughs) And and I'm going to have to do that. You know what I mean? Like, but that's just the presence of, that's like, that's just the power of women. Like, whether, you know, we're empowering other women like that or men, you know, like. Well, the thing about it is, is like, I mean, we are multifaceted. We're multifaceted. We're multi-leveled. And so we can do a lot of, we can multitask. We can take care of a lot of people at the same time. And we're really good at that. And we're built for that, you know, like from a, from a neuroscience and biology standpoint, you know, like our brains can do that. And so. We can do all that, and I think the shift is, though, and is that we have been everybody's everything. I mean, we're like the. I mean, we're like the best mothers. I mean, we can wear two hats. We can work three jobs. We be tough in the workplace and come home and like kiss our babies to death. We can do that. I mean, we can be a man's everything. We can we can do all of that. Um, I think it's just that shift in. 
now we get to do it really for ourselves. Like I think I think the environment or there's been a shift where we've had to start um allowing ourselves to be everything to ourselves. Period and first. And then also to extend that everythingness to other women and to to ask for it in return too because I know one thing I um as I got older as I got older and I realized in parts of sisterhood especially because like I moved to I've moved to three cities by myself with no family so um I will stalk you if I like you and I care about you and I get your vibe I'm gonna stalk you I'm gonna tell you I need to be your friend and you need to be my friend and right I think, so I think a part, like, I remember one time when I was in grad school, I really liked this one girl. I thought she was, I was, first of all, it was a a program, was mostly men, and then some women, the women were mostly white. So there was this one sister there, and I was like, you know, just trying to be friends with her for the longest time. And she was just like, nah, fucking with me at all. And, you know, she was a little bit older and they had this group mostly were women and so I was like young and single and they were not taking me seriously I don't know they just for whatever reason they weren't letting me in and I was just like I just kept asking her like let's do something let's do yoga let's work out I found out everything she you know just until um we went on a trip to Cuba for three weeks and when we were there um she saw me interact with the people in Cuba and, and speak Spanish and saw me just interact outside of my grad school program. And she realized that I'm really nice and I'm really friendly. And for the long, and then she started being my friend. She was like, you know, for the longest time, I just thought you were faking. I didn't think you were really, she can't possibly be that nice. She can't possibly be that happy. Like she just like, she's just faking and so I didn't believe you. She was like, but then when I saw you in a totally different environment outside of school, we're in a different country, you're speaking Spanish, and this is just how you are. So now I really do want to be your friend. But I, I worked on her for a whole year. That's to say that I think, too, sometimes we're like, women hit me up all the time on DM, like, I live here, I don't have a tribe, because I like to use that word a lot. So, you know, you got a tribe. So people are like, I don't have a tribe. I wish you lived in the same city, you know, all these people on Instagram. And I'm like, you have to, like, you have to become the kind of friend that you want to attract. And then you have to not be afraid to to speak up and say, you know what I'm saying? And reach right. out to people. Because I think that's something else. Like, once you get older, like, when you're in school, you meet friends in school. And once you get out of school, you might have a job and you might need some friends in the job. But as we get older, it starts becoming trickier. And I think it's important for, like I said, one, start being loving and comprehensive towards yourself. Because I think when you show up for yourself, that itself is going to attract the people into your life. But you have to put yourself out there and you have to be a good friend and show up for the women in your life and court them and put time into it. Like I said earlier, I think friendship is the most undervalued 
relationship in the world. I mean, even other than motherhood, maybe, but friendship, because it's something that is by choice, like it is a, a relation that's just undervalued and it has so much potential, but nobody wants to put, I mean, but if you're not willing to put time into your friends, you know what I'm saying? If you're not willing to court people, to attract people in your life and to, to, you know what I mean? To value the quality of those relationships, especially in sisterhood, then you're not going to be able to reap the full potential of what true sisterhood is. And, and I mean, I get it because, you know, like we've all had, you know, like negative experiences, you know, people come and people go and, you know, sometimes people, you know, wrong us, you know, like for whatever reason in, in the oftentimes, you know, we clam back up, but you have to be, you have to be vulnerable in your human relationships, period, whether it be platonic or romantic, like you have to have a certain mm-hmm. like level of vulnerability. Um, and I think that's something that we, as you get older, we all, you know, really struggle with, you know, being vulnerable. Like, am I safe in this? Is is this person going to use this against me? You know what I mean? Like, you know, is this person secretly my competition? You know what? Very, I mean, it's it's hard as hell. um, You know, it's hard out here for a pimp. It's very hard to be You know what helps with all that And this is has come because I'm old I'm, I'm old you guys um, I'm like I'm 36 years old but I have Lived on my own since I was 16 So I feel like I'm 65 Because I have been out here 20 years Lord Jesus But um <clears throat> What makes you less vulnerable I think Is the more Sure you are of yourself mm. And the more transparent you're being, because you know what? At this point in the game, it's not too much that somebody can hurt me with because I know everything about me. And whatever it is I'm doing at any given moment, like, I don't really have too many secrets or demons. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've owned up to my shit. And so I think sometimes... When now you got me over here contemplating know. about my life. Like, damn, do I got demons? Like, I secrets? You know when, you really, <laughs> when you really deal with your stuff, when you're like, you know what? I have a, a lot of mess. It's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, I have some mess. I'm gonna. I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. I'm dealing with it. When you really, like, get yourself together and you really not that you get it all together like perfect but that you own up to your mess and you're and you're saying you know what I'm, I'm owning up to it but I'm working on it like I am a work in progress I love that meme that's like you're allowed to be a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time like I am you know I am my own level of perfection but I have things that I have to work on and the more transparent and the more honest that you are with that then you can be vulnerable because people, I mean, really, it's not too much that anybody can use against me at this point. You're right. Life. You're so right. Because it's just like, so, my fault. Yeah. So I feel like that is a big deal in terms of like your ability to be vulnerable is like once you really deal with yourself and you're in a position of transparency and just self-acceptance more than anything. And you're being a person that you want others to be to you. You know what I mean? Like You're being authentic. And you know what? When people, and the thing about it is, when people, like somebody might backstab you or 
whatever, might do something, you're not going to take it personal because you know who you are. And all you can do is say, you know what, they're being who they are. And that has nothing to do with me. Like, I was just telling my board that I remember um, I had a quote-unquote friend. I thought she, we were sisters. So we got down. And um, I was like, man, I can't do this event. Such and such invited me to do this event. And it would be like a great professional event networking opportunity for me. But I can't really do it because, you know, I really don't have anybody to watch my son. My son. And my son was four, and she didn't offer. She didn't say, hey, you know, I'll wash it for you or anything like that. And so she was like, oh, yeah, like, too bad kind of thing. And then a week later, I ran into her her kids at the park, and her kids were like, oh, we just came from this event. So, like, after I had told her about it, she just went ahead and went. But she brought her children with her. Mm-hmm. But she never mentioned to me, oh, I'm going, or I can watch kids, or why don't we just both go and the kids can entertain each other. It was nothing like that. She just kind of like... See, if that was me, I would have called somebody that I went to school with and been like, listen, <laughs> <laughs> my sister needs somebody to watch like, her son. <laughs> but the thing about it is, it's like... In the old days, like when I was young, I would have took that experience and I would have been like, you know what? That's why you can't trust women. That's why I don't want any new friends, like no new friends, none of that. And once you get older, you're like, you know what? She's just operating in her space and that has nothing to do with me. That just lets me know that is not really the type of person that I want to be with. And you just move on and you don't take it in. You don't overanalyze it, nothing, because once you're really just walking in your authentic self and your authentic light, like, that let me know that event was not for me and that that relationship was not for me, and I just kept it moving. And, like, like that's just, like, one example where the older you get, like, the more you, like, walk in your light, you realize that... It's not, you know, you really, like, I don't get hurt. When people do things to me, I'll be like, oh, okay. But it's not a reflection of me, or I'll just say, you know what, I picked that person that's not the right person. Like, I thought the person was supposed to be in my life, but it's not, and I'm blessed that they have shown me that they're not supposed to be. And then you just move it on. And, like, I would never take... Like, how I would be at a loss. I took that experience, because that experience happened before you, right? So if I took that experience and I transferred it and said, you know what? I don't need, I don't need sisters in my life. I don't need women in my life. All, you know, I don't want new friends. And then I would not allow myself to be friends with you. You know what I'm saying? So we, the older that you get, you realize, and the more sure you are with yourself, you deal with your mess, so you don't have to worry about anybody using your mess against you, then you can just, like, just be vulnerable and connect with the people that are supposed to be in your life and be the kind of friend that you're supposed to be, that you want other people to be. And people we are gonna need mirror those relationships, like, from, you know, empathy to, you know, like, we make our transition because it's like, you know, I, like, I don't, like, I have a large family, but I'm not really connected to my family like that. So, like, 
all of my friends are like, you know, my family now, like my emergency contacts, you know, like, you know, whatever, because I don't live, I don't live around my family. That's the best of the family because you, you handpick them. Right. Right. And so it's just like, you know, um, stuff happens to me and it's like my friends, like, I, like I don't work. Like people are like, Oh, you don't have family in this area. Well, not biological family, but I, I have, you know, my sister, my little sister, my big sister, my, you know, all these people that will look after me and take care of me. You know what I mean? Because I pour into them in the same way that they pour into me. So it's like, I'm not, I'm not fearful of like, Oh my God, you know, like, if I picked up and moved to another city, then I'm going to just have to find, you know, like new family around me, somebody at work, you know, somebody some somewhere. I'm going to find me a family because that's, in, that's important. That's imperative. And it's just like, you know, you spoke about your, your mother and her relationship with other women or lack thereof. And, and it's kind of like the same for me. Like my mom is, you know, she's from the South. Um, you know, her personal life experiences um, and, you know, negative experiences, you know, with other women has led her to a place where, like, I don't need friends. But, you know, my mom has always been like that. Like, every, you know, like, from birth to, like, now, my mom be on that. I don't need friends. I don't have friends. I don't keep people around me, blah, blah, blah. But, I'm listening to her speak, and I'm like, see, ma'am, you need a friend. This is what you need. Like, I'm in in D.C., and you're in Statesboro, Georgia. Like, there's only so much that I can do for you from here. Like, you're sick. I can't go get your medicine. I can call one of my friends to go get your shit, though. (laughs) But, see, I shouldn't, like... Yeah, I can call my friends, and yeah, my friends will do that, and my family, you know, like, I call one of my cousins, you know, like, whatever, but you should have your own friends that will come do, your own sisters that will come do that for you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, like, I think it's, yeah, I think it's been really good, like, to see my mom, like, once her children got grown, like, my mom right now, you know, she had, like, her... Like, it's like a new person. Like, once her kids got grown and kind of moved out, she realized, like, I need some friends. (laughs) Like, I need some friends. And she is now, in the last, probably in the last 10 years, um, been discovering what it is um, to have sisterhood and to, you know, she's gone on some sisterhood retreats. You know, all the stuff that, I'm doing. You know, it's by some to, random like, chance one of my real biological family members is listening to this podcast. Do not take your ass back and tell my mama what I said because I can tell her myself because I know it's some snitches out there. <laughs> I still ain't forgave the people who told my mama that I was in Houston with my sisters. You ain't have to do that. I could have told her on my own with your nose, yes. But you know what I mean? Like, my mom is still in that place where, like, she's still on, I don't need friends. And I'm still over here. Like, last summer when I discovered that you know, I have fibroids, like, I end up bleeding, like, I lost so much blood, it was crazy, like, I was in the hospital, and, like, it was the first time that I had been hospitalized, you know what I mean, I was, like, 28, and, like, oh, my God, I'm Mm -hmm. in the hospital, and, you know, like, my sisters came, and, like, I, like, I hit my sister Tony, like, yo, 
I think I might <laughs> I might need help. And then once I got lightheaded, I was like, yeah, <laughs> come get me. So it's like I'm in the hospital and, you know, like all of my friends, like all of my family is there. Like my friends that are my family, my sister, Taylor, everybody. Everybody's at the hospital. And I was talking to my mom. My mom was like freaking out and like, do I need to come up there? I was like, boo, I'm good. <laughs> you do not need to come up here. Like, I'm taken care of. And I thought I hung up the phone, but I didn't. And I was like, yeah, y'all, like my mama, she just, you know, she need, she don't believe in friends. And she need to get her life together because, you know, like whatever. And I hadn't hung up the phone. <laughs> So I, so I just like I hung up the phone and then I like kind of laughed about it and then like I think I kind of texted my mom to like brush it over like hey, I know you heard what I said but uh I love you girl <laughs> you need some friends <laughs> but she but I mean you know like all you can't let those negative experiences impact you and not even just with like with not even just with you know with sisters but even like men who are like brothers or you know like whatever in that capacity like they've you know platonic friends like male friends have like really done me bad but that's not gonna keep me from well the thing about it is is like i mean going back to like it's all to me personally i feel like it's all about us like whether it's our relationship with our children like i was just thinking um like my son has a problem with when i'm telling him to sit down and do some work like he's brilliant but he hates like completing he like he does not like to write right so i'm like nicholas i don't want to discipline you i want you to be self-disciplined and as soon as, you know, I want you to be able to discipline yourself. And discipline is the ability to study and to to complete something, you know, to train. That's the definition kind of of the origin of discipline. So I'm like, I don't want to discipline you, like, be whooping you. And, you know, I want you to just want to do this yourself. And as, as soon as I said it, and I was so angry at him, um... As soon as I said it, I realized, because I, I really do believe that every relationship we have is a mirror. I was like, man, like, I need to look at the areas in my life where I'm not disciplined. Mm. Because maybe, because <clears throat> I was like, I am not, maybe this is, you know, just the universe showing me what I look like in other areas. There are business plans that I need to complete. There are, you know, essays that I need to finish writing. There are poems that are, you know, like there are various, you know, I just had this issue with my tooth that I was very neglectful on my own health. So there are so many areas in my life where I need to practice self-discipline. So how can I teach a, a young person and expect a young person to be self-disciplined where I'm not modeling self-discipline. Now, see, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, bays and booze, this is the part of the motherfucking podcast that you should take home and repeat (laughs) and play in your mind. It's like, and I do this all the time, and I guess, you know, like, as we age and mature and, like, really dig, you know, deeper into, like, discovering ourselves and being self-aware, like, you literally, when whenever you decide you want to check somebody on something, you literally have yes. to check your motherfucking self. Check yourself. Yes. And that yes. goes back to something that you said earlier, like, you have to be the friend that you want others to be. 
So you can't so be like, not, oh, my friend, she shitty. Have, Are you shitty? Not, maybe not. Ne- never not. To, here's the thing. Like, I have, like, I have been my own worst friend. Like, I have not showed up for myself. I have mm. not been kind to myself. I mm. have said bad things about myself. So... It is really she finna like, preach. I, What's your prayer path so we can pass the collection plate? <laughs> I have, I have. When you talk about, you cannot take past experiences and reflect them on, you know, other future experiences. I have. There has been no worse friend to Nikolai than Nikolai has been to herself. Mm. Like no one has lied on me as much as I have lied on mm. myself. Even when. Even with my, even if it's just self-talk and talking myself out of things, and mm. you know what I mean, like just that process. No one has been more critical. No one has like flaked out of my own plan. My spirit is no opening one... up right now as you speak. I'm telling you because now yeah. I'm sitting here like I've been lying to myself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I totally I I neglected me. You, you have. Like I'm telling you, once you break through this, once you break through that, what that's what I was talking about earlier. Like once you deal with your shit and you own your upset, you realize that people couldn't be good friends to you because you weren't being a good friend to yourself. Like you cannot. Like you really have to do all of that self work. And once you do that, then you can be like, you know what? If if I, Nikolai, had to say my future relationship with myself, like I'm not going to have a future relationship with myself based on my past relationship with myself, then I'm done. I'm done. If it it goes back to all the times, all the bad experiences that I have had with myself, then I'm done. Like, but that's not the case. Like, I'm basing my future relationships based on the knowledge that I have now and the commitment that I have now to myself. And because I've had, I've had this relationship with myself and I can recognize that, then I can apply that to how I look at sisterhoods or friendship or romantic love or my relationship with my son or whatever the case that be. Does that make sense? It's like a it's like a cipher. You know what I mean? Like because for me, like a lot of times my sisters make me self reflect and get to myself and check myself and my health. And then you know what I mean? Like it's like a it's like an ongoing thing. Like my sisters like me check myself. And with me checking myself, it allows me to be a better sister to my sister. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, even in this conversation, I'm just like, yo. Like, I feel like a lot of times with podcasts, when I, like, when I, when we talk about certain, like, things, you know what I mean? Like, I know one of my joints was, like, you know, relationships, situationships, and desperationships. Like, I'm talking about other people that I've observed in life, but then at the same time, when I'm talking, I'm like, are you desperate? Are are you doing things out of desperation? Are you are are you in a situation? Are you confused right now? Uh-huh. Do you need to clear up your own confusion while you're observing other people's confusion? Yes, yes, the fuck you do, princess. You need to check your fucking <laughs> self before you wreck yourself. Like it starts with self, and once we can oh. begin to constantly reevaluate self, it's like a daily process. Like 
Am I am I tending to myself? It is a daily process, but here's the other thing. And again, you know, back to the podcast being about sisterhood. This is it's it's like an ongoing two way street because it's like self esteem. And I know, like, we can go back and forth on the hooks. I'll you know, for twenty podcasts, but um, there is one. I remember, I don't know which one of the books it was, but it's like one point that she made, which I was like brilliant which is like you really can't build self-esteem when you're isolated mm-hmm. you cannot even though that's a process that is a you say well it's self-esteem you do it to yourself it's what you think of yourself blah 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 you cannot build self-esteem in isolation because the dynamic of love even self-love comes out of a re- like a reflection mm-hmm. like your your relationships are mirrors so it's a symbiotic relationship. And so we cannot really, like, your your sisters are really going to help you do that work. You have to do it yourself. And you have to hold yourself accountable. But, like, the mirrors and the reflection and the back and forth, that's going to come from good relationships. And I think that moving forward, just, you know... We're we're just in a in a good space, man. Where we really have to re- recognize, and and you know, black women are being assassinated. Like our character is being assassinated on media, and we have to recognize that young women, like the women that are coming up, are being raised with reality television, and the character of black women is being ass- completely assassinated, and is changing their perceptions of what they are to each other and of the whole of we think we didn't have sisterhood this young generation right here that's coming behind us is really lost and clueless um on what sisterhood is because of because they've been raised by by um reality shows you see we have to and see for me like we have to like be cognizant of the type of attack that we're under. We have to understand like these images that are being perpetuated by reality TV and, you know, like all of these different things. Um, and we have to, and we have to use it because like I watch all of these shows, but the difference between me and the average person, and that doesn't make me better than anyone else because we're all the same. We're all in this struggle together. But the difference between me and the average person is I'm an active thinker because we're taught, whether it be men, women, boy, or girl, to be passive thinkers, just to not think about the things that are being thrown at us. So I actively watch these things. I watch, like... How the quote unquote conscious community are, oh, you sitting up and you watching Empire, you this and you that. And I'm just like, but if I don't watch it, how am I going to know what other people are being said? And how am I going to be able to conversate? I mean, not conversate, but how am I going to be able to connect with other people, whether they be in my generation or younger, who are watching this if I'm just against it? And I I can't have a... You can't talk to somebody about Real Housewives of Atlanta and how they shouldn't watch it if you haven't fucking watched it. And so... Like, you have to know your student. You have to know your base. And it's like... So, I agree. I look at these things, and it's like, for me, all of these are teaching tools because 
every once in a while, there's that one episode where sisterhood is shining through and where women are coming together and they forgiving each other and they taking the high road. Like, hey, I'm a woman, you a woman. Like, we in this. It's always that one episode. But that's that teachable moment where you come to somebody and be like, yo, remember on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta? When at the reunion, when Jocelyn and uh, Mimi came together and was like, girl, we got to put all that aside because it's kids and it's this. And like, we just got to be bigger than that. That is what you should be paying attention to. And not all of the negative stuff, because it's like they were self-reflecting. And at some point it dawned on them like, yo, I'm tripping. (laughs) Life is bigger than this. Granted, the other 15 but, episodes I mean, wasn't I, about that, but in that moment, they self, like self-realization was real. And those are the things that you can use to teach the people. Like, here's a prime example of, like, the reflection. Well, I think, no, my thing is that we have these younger generations, or even, you know, whether they're younger or not so young, we have these young minds mm-hmm. that you know, that a young mind is different from an age. So we have a lot of young minds, but of women who really, they've been raised by reality television and are so, you know, the media is in their subconscious and in their perceptions of self. And I think that we are called, we are called to really create a different model. Like, I can't say that all women are not bitches and traitors and you they can't, you know, you got to watch each other's back. And I can't tell somebody that if I, had, I, don't, I don't, if I don't have an alternative. If I don't have examples of my women's circles, if I don't have examples of my tribe and what a tribe really is, like, unless we start creating these relationships, and valuing them and really creating these spaces where as women we come together, we shine, we you know, we build each other up, we lift each other up in a in a very genuine way. Um, we can't say that we're not something else. You know what I mean? So right. I think it's just like we're just at a leading by an example. Literally. Right. We do have to lead by example and we do have to realize um, we're just in this very special. I'm very grateful that we're in the special space in our lives where we're becoming more cognizant of the fact that we do need each other. Um, we need to be wives and we need to be good women and we need to, um, you know, and we can bond over pain, but we can bond over a lot of other stuff that's not pain. Indeed. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't. But I think one time I told you, we were talking, we're like, you know what? If you think about it, like, all of our movies, like, we have Waiting to Exhale. That's about pain. You know, in the color purple, like, they still sexualize, you know, the mo- one of the most beautiful relationships of sisterhood. You know what I mean? I was like, we don't have example, you know, they have, like, Steel Magnolias and Thelma and Louise. They have, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, we don't even have any- uh, cinemographic examples of just sisterhood for the sake of sisterhood. They did do know? that Black Steel Magnolias, though. But I didn't see it. it I did see it either. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, if somebody got that DVD um, and live in the Washington, D.C. area, please hit me. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no way. I work at the I mean, library. Like they should have it. But you're right. Like all the classic black movies, like you know, like women movies, like even set it off. Like that was like over. Like that was like we struggling. So let's put. You know what I mean? Like yeah, it's exactly. They were sisters in a struggle, literally. Yeah, sisters in a struggle, exactly. But we don't. You know what I mean? Like we need to just really start creating. But I, I think it's happening though. You know what I'm saying? And I, you know, I'm not just, I mean, it's your podcast, but it is more, you know, just how women, um, I don't mean to like, you know, say what it is about, but, you know, it is, I know we wanted to do this in March because of International Women's, um, is it a day or a week? We just claimed it's everything. I mean, no, I mean. So yeah, we I definitely reclaimed the month because you know it's Women's History Month. Just, but you know in America, Women's History Month means uh, Eleanor Roosevelt and um, Jackie Onassis and all of them. But no, it's Black Women's History Month in March for for me. Um, and you know I thought it was pertinent that we talk about you know like Black women in history. And I kind of gave y'all a little space age history with Joanne. Sister Robinson, yeah, she did it with the Women's Political Council. You know what I mean? And I mean, like, there's, and I, and I, and my sister, Ashley, who is probably listening right now in the gym, work it out, girl. Uh, um, she, um, her, her expertise, like, her work is around Mary McLeod Bethune. Amazing woman. Um, as a matter of fact, my, like I said, my sister's back me to a corner and I'm putting together this phenomenal brunch for the month, a month of April. And Ashley, Dr. Ashley Robinson, my sister, will be speaking about Mary McLeod Bethune. She has a whole book and all this shit. Follow her on um, Instagram, The Legacy Keeper. Um, she does traveling and all type of shit. People be like, oh, sis, how you doing all this traveling? Well, my sister is a travel agent. Holler at her, The Legacy Keeper. Um, she wrote this book about Mary McLeod Bethune. She works at Bethune. Bethune Cookman University um, and a large part of her work centered around her but it's like you know Mrs. Bethune had so many relationships with powerful women and was able to accomplish so much like she knew about the power of women like she started the um, the Negro Council for the National Negro Council of Women Lord Jesus my sister's gonna kick my ass, y'all. But it's the tendency. The reason why I can't get these, the NCNW. I'm pretty sure that's the goddamn acronym. But she started this women organization for color women, um, and like was just able to do so much through her relationship with other women through her sisterhood. You know what I mean? Like she understood the power of sisterhood, and it's like so much that can be accomplished on a personal level, a familial level, like just every level, like sisterhood is important. And I encourage, thank you for any brother that has endured this entire conversation about the importance of sisterhood. Sisterhood is beneficial to you as well, sir, because my sisters are the reason why I even tolerate men sometimes. Didn't I send you a text this morning? Like, I'm done. Like, Men frustrate me. Like you had to set me back on my heels. Like, girl, get your life together. <laughs> Take control of your life, girl. It's not them, it's you. So you know what I mean? Like yeah. like 
my sisters make me a better, you know, like woman in general so that I could be a better woman to a man out here. Like sisterhood is imperative to you, my brother. And I encourage you and your brothers to get together and form brother circles. And create that space. Right. You got to, um, what Walter Rodney said, grounding with my, with my brothers, my brethren. Y'all have to do that because that's important. Um, and there's so many, I mean, you know, like, Living in this Western society where we've adopted all these Western ideologies, you know, from the European or whatever, blah, 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 we get, we go so far left from the things that are innate. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. In terms of like building with sisters, building brothers, building with brothers. And in like men, folks, y'all got to do the same because y'all got to hold each other up and accountable in the same way that we hold sisters accountable. Like for me, you know, we can talk about this all night, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to just brush right by it, and we'll get into it in another podcast episode. But it's like, you know, when people start talking about um, black women being single moms and, you know, all of this shit. And I'm just like, well, where's yeah. the accountability for that brother that's not there and present and doing what he's supposed to be doing? That's when brothers are supposed to step in and check their brother like, bruh, it took two to make a baby. Yeah, she did. And yeah, you that. But. What like what are you doing? Step the fuck up. Like I can't tell a black man to step the fuck up. That's for another black man to do. I can tell black women to step the fuck up. Sisters, sisters, girl, girlfriend, boo, protect your womb because that is your responsibility as a woman. Like you have to be cognizant of the type of people that you're attracting and the type of people that you are building relationships with, and you know, like et cetera, et cetera, like. Part of it is your responsibility, sis. So if you know that he ain't out here taking care of other of the other kids that he got, you need to be cognizant of this thing and probably leave his ass alone. <laughs> and his right. and his brothers need to be like, hey, fam, why you not taking care of your kids? But as a woman, talking to that woman, girl, he not taking care of his kids. Leave his ass alone. <laughs> because there's no way in your mind that you're trying to make a connection that oh he was the same well he would do something different for you and history has proven that he don't do shit protect your wounds sis that's that's that's, that's hey, what I'm here today like you said what like when I'm thinking about quote unquote dead be dads or whatever you want I'm these fathers or whatever I really don't know any because the man I'm I'm blessed to say like the man in my life. But my friends, um, they take care of their children. And I would say, just like I've had girlfriends, I've had women that I have met, and I felt like they were neglectful mothers or they not have the values that I share when it comes to their children. I'm like, this woman really doesn't take care of her children, and she doesn't really like you know, she's never not really a good mother. Like, I don't need to be her friend. Like, I didn't, she, right. she didn't care of right. me for an hour and pop me out. So she definitely cannot be a good friend to me if she's not a good mother. Like, I just take that seriously. So I have unfriended or not befriended both men and women who I just did not think were good parents. But I always wonder, like, when you're out here talking to, you know, women saying, you know, they're, you know, they're 
children's fathers don't take care of their children. Like, I'm like, who are their friends? Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. how come they're not calling each other out? Like, you know your boy has kids. You know him six years. You've never seen his kids. Clearly, he's not taking care of them. So, you know, like... And the same for women. Like, sisters, you can't enable women to be, you know what I mean, neglectful mothers. You can't be like, well, just she don't care about her kids, I'm going to just go ahead and ask her if she's coming out with me. No, no, no. No, no, you have to be like, uh, don't even ask her ass. Don't ask her ass to go nowhere because she can't go nowhere. Handle your responsibilities, girl. You know what? (laughs) Like, you know somebody. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, her kids are failing. Like, you need to invite her to an outing at the local public public library. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's where sister comes comes in. Like, I remember one time I had a friend. Um, and I found out her sister, her daughter, and I didn't have children at the time. I remember, um, I found out her daughter was about to get left back. And I was like, oh, no, we need it. Like, we used to always go to back then when I ate like crazy. Um, we go to Fridays, right, all the time. And I'm like, all this, all these drinks and Friday, you know, articles that we do, like, we need to not do it. <laughs> and we need to get home like studying with your baby so i'm just so you know sometimes it's not just leave your kid you know people deserted when they have issues but sometimes you know we need to step up and you know do what's best love our sisters even when they're not really showing love for themselves right and then like they don't change their behavior sometimes when you walk away from mass it'll wake up like damn she was right <laughs> i need to get it better but you can't allow someone you love right. to, you know what I mean? Like just neglect their responsibilities. Like you cannot, and you cannot enable that. Definitely. But I, well, back to, you know, what you were saying about brother do benefit from that. And we do, we do want them to create that space, but we do want to also just um, be able to unapologetically lift ourselves and dedicate. I mean, we got to be able to do, we got to be able to have one podcast about sisterhood without apologizing to me. Like we, that's, we don't have to. So, you know, in this month, you know, that we have claimed and dedicated to black women and our sisterhood, I just feel like one thing that I wanted to walk away, you know, from the podcast is to just really hope you know, allow ourselves to create these spaces for for relationships that are not about struggle and that are not about, you know, rehashing our pain, but really um, celebrating our joy and celebrating our gifts. You know, a lot of times we get together and we really do, we do a whole lot of rehashing our, our pain. And, you know, we need to, you know, start creating these spaces where we are creating, we're, you know, claiming and lifting our greatness, you know. Lifting as we climb. Somebody said that. What? I said lifting as we climb. Somebody said that. I don't remember who, but. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I also want to say, like, if you guys are on Facebook, um, there's this channel. It was called, it's called Exclusive Network. This is for all the women out here. Um, Exclusive Networks. And they just did a a video of Erica Pittman and she is over um the Combs company or Combs Inc. You know, we did this empire or whatever. And one of the points that she brought up is as she climbed up the ladder, 
she has realized that she had to have women with successful women mentors. And she had to learn from those mentors how to balance femininity with sexuality. And, you know, it was it was through those relationships with other successful female mentors um, that she has been able to learn how to manage home and work, you know, balance and all of that. So even somebody at the top of the top of the top, you know, it's like this reoccurring theme that we're hearing about the importance of sisterhood and of, of us really investing in our relationships because from the time that we're like, well, at least me, from the time that, I feel like from time I was five, somebody was telling me how to be a good woman for a man. Like, I feel like I've been learning and trained and conditioned on how to be a good woman for a man since I was five years old. And nobody ever really teaches you how to be a good friend to a friend. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're really conditioned of how to be a good mother. You know, we we find three years old, somebody gets us a baby doll, already conditioning us how to be a mother. And then you're conditioned how to be a good woman. And usually a good woman is a good woman for a man. But nobody really teaches us and conditions us to just be a good woman for another good woman, like a good friend for another good friend. And so... You know, I think we need to create those spaces where we just really become what we want to give and then give it, be open to receiving it, and then just harvest that power. I tell I tell people that all the time. And, you and you know, whenever you start talking about sisterhood and bonding with other women, then people start throwing the F word at your ass. Oh, you're a feminist. Oh, you are this. Oh, you are that. Oh, no. No, I'm not, like I'm not. And the reason why I say I'm not is because I do a lot of reading and a lot of research and a lot of thinking and, you know, getting into all the shit. And I really haven't, I really haven't, I've been introduced. I got some books next to my bed and under it about, you know, like Pat Hill Collins and Bill Hooks and, you know, like, um, uh, that macho book, I don't, I can't think of the name of the shit, but yeah, like I have those and I've skimmed those. I haven't really done any deep in-depth like research on feminism and feminism, like, you know, like the theories and all of the shit. I don't know what that is. I ain't got time for that. I know what it is to be a woman (laughs) and I know the power of, hmm? I saw a post, a meme last month where it was just like a girl holding up a thing where it's like, I don't need to be a feminist because I I, I don't think all men are rapists. I don't think this. I don't think that. And it had all of her, all of her. And the girl, the person who posted it was like, posted and agreed. And she was like, you know, I'm not a feminist. I believe in the healing of women, like, of the family, of the black family, man, woman, and child. And I was like, none of that has to do with feminism. I was like... Um, People don't even know what the fuck feminism is, but quick call somebody like, a feminist no. and speak out against it. People were like, exactly. People were like, you know, feminist, this feminist. I'm like, but when you ask them what feminism is, they, don't even know. they have no idea. You know, they have no idea. So... But um, feminism destroyed and, the black family, though. I'm like, get your ass out of here with that shit. 
Right. I'm like, well, don't be a not feminist is what I'm saying. Like, if you if you don't want to be a feminist, that's okay. But don't be, you know, to me, I feel like, um, I feel like, you know, the other end, so along the line, somebody was like, well, I'm not a feminist, I'm a womanist. And then I was like, well, I don't care what you want to call yourself. Like, do believe in, do you believe, like, if I, I feel like if you understand that patriarchy is a system that has been put in place and is subject against women, and you're against that, call yourself whatever it is that you want to call it. You know what I'm saying? Call right. it whatever it is you believe where women don't have to be subjugated, I'm for that, you know, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But, um... You know, I consider myself a feminist, but, you know, because I'm not a not feminist, and and that's what it comes down to it. You know, I'm not the opposite of I mean, for me, I just feel like a lot of, a majority of black women who identify themselves as black feminists have, like, actually done the work and the reading and, Mm -hmm. you know, like, all of this shit. I haven't, so I'm not going to say I am, but I guess I am because, like you said, I'm not a not feminist. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not, gonna, I'm not a not feminist, and I do believe, and I know I do believe, and I think it's perfectly okay to say that there's a difference between um, the white womenist, I mean, feminist experience and the black feminist experience because, you know, it just there is. is <laughs> because there is, and it starts okay, with privilege. It's okay to, and it's okay to say that, and, you know, you can, and it's so okay to say that, and you can, but, you know, we're not going to be not feminists. That's silly as shit. So, um, but. They're going to get me for this one. Be, <laughs> but, but the point being, you know, that um, we do have to create a space, you know, not to keep saying the same thing. It's like, we do have to create these spaces and we're good. We're in a good point. Like we're the, the revolution ain't gone nowhere. Like still needs to happen. You know, this work is, this is ongoing work that we have to do in our communities. We are under attack on every single level. Like the workload has not, they're still killing us in our streets. Like we're still like middle-class parents are having children are that are going into poverty. Like we have all of these issues. They're ongoing health issues. We're still dying of stress, heart disease. Like we have all the, we have a lot of work that needs to be done. We cannot afford to not do it with each other. And so we're in as, as we, we don't lose sight of the work that needs to be done. And what we're saying is with the this podcast or with our message or really, you know, with, with my soapbox that I'm always on is that is it black soap? That, <laughs> that, that I cannot look talk about black soap. I'm so cheap. Like I'm really like I've been self employed. So I'm thirty eight years old. I've been self employed since I was twenty four. And I never want to have a job for anybody else. And so like I'm very, very big on monitoring my budget and my money. Like I have to be, I'm hundred percent commission employee kind of thing. So I saw you hold up the black soap, the laundry detergent, like on IG. And I wanted to be like on IG on the comments and say, like, I can teach you how to make black soap cheaper. I mean, <laughs> now you can it. Like, I'm like, I want to support it. If I bought laundry detergent, I would buy it from a black company, but 
I make my own because I'm really, really cheap. So We all should um, be really, really cheap, though, because then we can be funneling our money into, like, other things that are, you know, imperative that we need and, like, helping each other and, like, really, like... Like, we should be... Yeah! Because, like, I today, mean, one of my sisters come, came into um, our group chat and was, like, um, her job and the things that she is going through. And something that I need to follow up with in the conversation with that entire group is about how um, either we all have, like, a skill or trade that we can convert into, you know what I mean, like our full-time employment yeah, and working for self. Or either, you know, like some of us, like even myself, I'm still trying to figure out my exact lane on how, you know, like I do this and like begin to work for self, which is a new, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, new idea that has come to me in the last like few years because at some point I was just comfortable, like, you know, okay, well, this is what I want to do. And I know that it's working within the system, but it's the work that I want to do and I'm fine with that. But at this point, it's like all the work that I want to do and the things that I got my hands in, like if I work for myself, my schedule will be more flexible and I could pour more into myself and into my community if I didn't work um, for anybody else. And so like I've been grappling with this idea that you've been helping with this and my other sisters have been helping mm-hmm. with me this. And you know what I mean? Like we have to sure. like getting to this place where we're thinking about what can we do to employ ourselves so that we're not People in these situations. People ask me all the time because, you know, I made more money when I was not doing this line of work or, you know, homeschooling or any of that. But I tell people, like, I have to be cheap. You know what I'm saying? Right now, spring breaks is is about to come, come. Like, every time that there's a break, there's somebody's mother who calls me and is like, can you... Like, I don't have anywhere to put my kids. You know, can I drop off my child for the first two days or the last three days or whatever? And you're like, yeah, you can because I'm on my house. You know, I work from home. And, like, the only reason that I could do it is because when I had a job or when I was making, you know what I mean, I took steps. I had, like, it was, like, five years before I stopped working that I knew that I and they didn't want to work anymore. And so I started really, like, holding myself up to being frugal at that point. And, like, even when I had my son, for a whole year before I had him, I was like, I'm not going to work the first year. So what are the things that I need to do so when I have him... Speaking have of son, year, y'all, I'm going to keep it real. It's almost, at like, it's my nephew's bedtime, and Nikolai needs to go and settle his ass. But what is going to happen is soon and very soon we will be having a conversation about being black and fugal and working for self, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And more final literacy to come financial. Ooh, that Hennessy is setting in. I don't even know what I just said, but financial literacy um, and all of these great things. And it's something that actually... Um, one of my sisters um, that lives in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area um, from the Black Queen Collective, we're about to get some financial literacy shit popping. What would Street Yak be with all these sisters? Girl, it wouldn't be here because literally my sister said, listen, helpful. You got, you finna do this podcast. And I was, oh, yeah, I'm gonna get to it. And they was like, okay, we need a date. 
<laughs> we need a date. So when you gonna do it? You know what I'm saying? Like because I'm a procrastinator. I'm a procra- I'm black. I procrastinate. That's what the fuck we do. We be working by the sun and like feelings and emotions and you know well, universal sun, alignments and shit. And, sun, and, don't no. Don't blame it on the sun. Don't blame it on me. If like the sun comes up every day, the moon. The moon, she does her own thing, but the sun is shining every okay, day. The moon I mean, that so. is illuminated by the sun. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, listen, we need a date. Because, like, the universe aligned on my ass and told them, like, listen, she a procrastinator, so y'all need to tell her to give a date. And they gave me a date, and here we are. You know what I mean? Like, but that's the power of sisterhood. Because they like, girl, I know you're going to just keep saying this for months, so let me go ahead and get that date. And so, so it's like, like once I told him, I, I got to do it. You know what I mean? Like, just like with my brunch. We're like, going to hold you accountable. We're going to hold you accountable. They really so, do. They really do. I, I was well, I was talking about the soapbox, so then we got to go. I was like, yeah, so the soapbox that I'm always on is, you know, we're in a good space and we have a lot of work to be done and we're not going to be able to do it without each other. That's the bottom line. That's just, I want to say Like we're not going to be able to do it without each other. So, you know, do the self work and do the, you know, do the work where you really are planting seeds and reaping a harvest from your friendships, from your relationships with other women. You are the company you keep. And there is no greater power, like I always say, there is no greater power or bond than a black woman who calls you her sister because she will do what no one else will. So be blessed when you when you have them and take care of them. Um, and just, you know, that's your treasure. Like, that's your treasure. Your, I mean, your sisters are your treasure. And you I my really rock. That, but... You my rock. Y'all my rock. <laughs> If you listen to this right now, you are my rock. You know why? Because you listen every week. You don't even know. Maybe. No, you know me. Because if you listen, then you know my whole life. But you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> we're family. I appreciate you, Nikolai. I appreciate everyone that's listening right now. I appreciate the entire Black Queen Collective right now. They be listening. They might not. They might not listen when I want them to. <laughs> But when they got the time and the mind, they do. And I appreciate everybody. Um, if you're a brother, you still listening. Thank you for um, bearing this conversation. Pass it on to a sister. Like, I was listening to some queens talk, and they said, you need to find you some more queens to build with and uh, get right with. Tell them. No, make sure. <laughs> I say. Tell a brother. Thank you for having me on the show again. I do appreciate you, my love. I appreciate you. I could just, I could just have a whole episode of how I appreciate Nikolai. You are, you are the best. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I feel like bursting into some Patty LaBelle. Like you are my friend. You <laughs> awesome. Okay. Count on me, into yes. I'm so I'm in my feelings because you haven't told me about the brunch in April because I should be there. Oh, okay. More to talk about. Anyway, nephew, bedtime. All of those great things. All right. Till next week. We out. Peace. Peace.